is based on witches harvesting children for blood sacrifices. A worst case scenario is that you unleash hell. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more with your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. My name is Trevor, and on behalf of myself, Lauren and Leo, welcome home to your Boo Crew Podcast, episode 355. All month long, go trick-or-treating with us. Brand new episodes in addition to our regular Tuesday release schedule for Halloween 2022, all October long. We are so excited for this one. We've been looking forward to it for a long time. We saw it originally back in January 2021, a screener sent to us. And ever since then, we've been talking about it to you at conventions. We've been spreading the good word on our Instagram, whatever we can, DMing you about it to an absolutely brilliant and truly horrifying film. At time of release, Two Witches is available now, streaming on Arrow Video, Blu-ray, DVD, and VOD. We are celebrating this masterpiece and debut feature with the filmmaker Pierre Sigaridis, producer and co-writer Maxime Ranson, and one of the film's stars, Rebecca Kennedy. We're going to learn about where this thing came from and the challenges of making this insanely cinematic indie look and feel massive. We're going to dissect the unconventional and stunning architecture of terror on display and how it's designed to crawl inside your brain. Episode 355 with two witches is now slaying. Masha, soon you will be a witch. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio are three thrilling storytellers and creators. First off, a deeply talented actor who grew up on the stage, eventually earning a BA in musical theater. Her ability to not only transform herself into wildly different characters, but to conjure unforgettable moments led her to be cast in several short films and indie features, including the acclaimed horror films House Hunting in 2012 and starring in the award-winning Bastard. There's 2016's Let Me Make You a Martyr with Mark Boone and Marilyn Manson. Netflix's award-nominated to the bone. The 20-time award-winning Nightmare Escape, A Dark foe looking at her broad scope of credits littered with the wildest and most progressive imaginations and personalities in cinema including Nicolas Cage and Keanu Reeves to name a few multi Emmy winning TV shows daring risks and leaps she continues to showcase herself as an extraordinary force who is always going to take your breath away with something unconventional and different also here with us a brilliant dark sorcerer an absolutely dangerous director cinematographer writer and producer born and raised in Paris his first short film, I Who Have No One, was a shocking introduction to a filmmaker with an unsettling and powerful voice. It became part of the Holly Shorts monthly screening series and was named official selection at several world-renowned festivals. He has quickly established himself as a visionary risk-taker with a look and feel that is solely his own. Terrifying worlds so rich and emotionally chaotic that they will render you speechless. Finally, a producer, screenwriter, and creative director 
from Paris who founded the multi-award-winning media agency and production boutique, The Rancon Company. His work includes legendary campaigns for Montreal Paris, luxury real estate campaigns and music videos. He's been featured in Forbes, The Hollywood Reporter, GQ, and CNN, constantly innovating, elevating, and supporting the boldest and most interesting projects. All right, so we've been talking about this crew's latest film pretty much daily since they first shared it with us in January of 2021. If you would come up to us at a convention, we've gone on and on about its dark wonders. It's a horror movie that truly sets out to show you things in ways that you have not seen before, while at the same time paying reverence and respect to films like Ouija, Origin of Evil, and the work of Mike Flanagan, The Blair Witch Project, Rosemary's Baby, and 70s horror. It's all in there. We've been following this film's journey and gleefully sharing it with you ever since the first trailer was unveiled. And we are so excited that your opportunity to experience this thing is right now. It's streaming on Arrow. It gets a Blu-ray and DVD release on October 17th. Please check this thing out. It's already won multiple awards and accolades from every festival it's played, from Sitkiss to FilmQuest, Salem Horror Fest, and beyond. We are honored to welcome the creators of Two Witches, director and writer Pierre Sigaridis, producer Maxime Rasson, and one of the stars of the film, the wonderful Rebecca Kennedy. Yeah! Wow! Wow! You guys did your homework. Oh, this is crazy. We are so excited to yes. finally be able to do this. It's been so long oh, yeah. since we first yeah. got a chance to devour this uh, this movie. <laughs> and congratulations, guys. It's a beast of a film. And honestly, like, honestly, one of the scariest films that we've ever seen. Hands down. Damn. Um, and <laughs> so I want to start, Like, we'll start easy. So before we kind of get under the hood of this thing, we just want to talk horror a bit for you guys. It is quite apparent that um, what you have vomited on the screen for us here <laughs> is done with a lot of expertise and love informed by the best horror films ever made and creating something all new and totally different on its own. So I want to go each and every one of you. Tell us about some of the horror films that changed your life. Rebecca, you can start. <laughs> I don't know if I should start. Um, <laughs> Give it a go. You know, the first, very first horror movie I ever watched was It, mm. the miniseries, oh, when nice. I was about yeah. 11. Um, I convinced uh, friends at a slumber party to rent the movie, and I think I scarred them for life. <laughs> oh, <of course. laughs> I'm pretty sure. But that was um, the introduction to my love uh, for horror, and I have loved it ever since. I think one, I mean... The greats, you know, we have all of The Exorcist and The Shining and all of those lovely, uh, amazing films. But one that really shook me and it still feels like it holds up um, and is maybe not traditional horror, but The Sixth Sense. Mm, yes. yeah, that was the, sure. one of the first horror movies where I I cried. I mean, I still cry when I see it. Haley Joe Osment's his fear is so palpable, is so real. You just you feel for him. And and I, you know, hadn't really necessarily, you know, you watch him, you enjoy it. But that he was just such an incredible actor to be able to feel the things he did when he was like 11. Um, that really changed things for me in the sense that like you can really you can do a horror film, but you can also go so deep in it. Yeah. That that really just like as an actor, it was like, wow, wow, this is what I want to do. <laughs> do you have a collection of favorites now that you tend to go back and watch for inspiration or? Um, I mean, there's so many great ones. I, it's hard to even pick, but like the conjuring is the insidious sinister, um, as far as like new ones, you know, like we talked about the exorcist, the shining, um, th those are some, uh, 
someone's that I would name for now yeah. that as far as just like the performances, the tension, the just everything just gives me the chills yeah. <laughs> when thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Pierre, how about you, man? Oh, me? Um, you, uh, tell me to stop if I get, if, if I take forever, <laughs> because it's going to take a while. Uh, I'll go s- move my car. I'll be right back. <laughs> um, I would say the very first, the thing that really got me hooked, uh, and I'll never forget, it was one day my mom, she goes back from the theater and she's like, oh, I stayed only 10 minutes in that movie and then I left. And I was like, and I was like eight years old. I was like, what? I was hooked. And she was like, is this movie about this woman that she's putting her, her mouth in front of her face in like this black and white poster? I was like, oh, she thought it was a thriller and it ended up being Scream. Oh. And so she didn't know because the poster was not advertised as such as like a horror film, at least yeah. not in France. So she thought it was going to be like some thriller. And then she saw uh, Drew Barrymore get, you know gutted (laughs) and she was like she was like I'm out of there and the moment she told me that I was like obsessed I was like I need to see that movie that you walked out of the theater and she was like you'll never see that movie and so I've been like (laughs) insisting for a year and then it it was like the beginning of DVD so then I saw I finally saw Scream and I was like hooked like I had never been hooked before on a wow so did you see a lot of the movies they were referencing in Scream or did that those scenes no, make you I go was, back and find those. Exactly. I went, I went, I did the, the well, because I was like eight years old. Like this yeah. is 1996 and comes back and, and comes to France is probably seven or eight. So um, yeah, me, it was like the other way around. So then I saw Halloween. I saw, but Scream will always be like my introduction. And it was like a hell of an introduction for eight year old. I was like, holy, <laughs> whoa. And so then I had the mask and I was like dressing up and I was, from that moment, I was like really villain driven. I was like, this is so cool. I love like the, the whole way of like the guy how he stalks and kills and plays with his victims and i thought it was like so entertaining in a sick way um for eight-year-old uh, <laughs> and uh and yeah and so then quickly i would say so that would be my first then my second one where i was like whoa this is this is gonna give me trouble sleeping was actually a movie you might laugh because people would not expect that but it's actually the devil's advocate with, oh yeah uh, with Keanu Reeves yeah. and Al Pacino that's a, that's a great movie yeah I re- again my mom I was like that night we were having McDonald's and we were with my brother we we were rent so we could rent this this uh, VHS and it was it was this movie and we know there was like a lot of nudity and a lot of like pretty women and a lot of so we were like oh my god we have McDonald's and we have this movie and we were Royale like Royale with cheese and yeah. everything <laughs> exactly Royale cheese we say metrics <laughs> and so then that scene where there's like this this woman she's in the dressing room with with uh, Charlie Theron and she 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 t- she takes her tops off and we see her 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 boobs and i was like oh so so like you know like focused on the screen sure. and then that freaking demon face comes in like out of nowhere yeah. i don't know if you guys remember because i talked to a lot of people yeah. about that scene and no one gives a shit and i was traumatized because <laughs> i was like looking at this woman and i was like I'm not gonna lie a little aroused sure. and then boom demon face and i was like i I was like, I turned white and I was like, oh, and my mom was like, what's going on? And I, she was like, you watch Scream. I was like, yeah, but this, this gets me more. Wow. Yeah. So that's funny. And that started for my, maybe my fascination for scary faces a lot with like, you know, like distorted features. And then after that, obviously the ring with that closet scene. Yes. That scene the, is thing. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Rick Baker, um, uh, amazing. I mean, I don't even know how he yeah. came up with that face, but that face like, that face traumatized a whole generation, I feel like. It yeah. still holds up. It still holds yeah, up. Completely. 100%. Completely. 
So yeah, and then after that, I would say then I got into uh, heavily into like David Lynch and Twin Peaks. I love that. So also maybe that's where I get my weird tone and awkward moments and weird humor that you know flirts with creepy ass moments, but you know without really a a smooth transition. That sure. I love that kind sure. of stuff, like jarring. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and again, and Bob, that's all, my last also villain that I love is Bob in Twin Peaks because he doesn't have any makeup. And we'll talk about that uh, later with uh, you, Rebecca. Yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't have any makeup and yet he makes like the scariest faces. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would say that. And then I could go on and on, but maybe I can uh, move on. <laughs> I can let Max say it. to Max, man. All right, Max, hit us up. Uh, well, uh, I think for me, the very first movie, I was going to say cream originally but the very first movie i think that really traumatized me was the blair witch project mm, oh yes. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we saw this very young like i'm mean, you know we're 90s babies so mm-hmm. like seeing this like so young and like it's the beginning of found footage we don't really know what this is everybody is freaking out like this this it, i mean did it really happen yeah, you know what I mean? we all had that yeah. same experience and they, was they, that they advertised it like that. yeah exactly and, yeah it was like no credits or whatever like it's like the um in our school, I remember like girls saying like, "No, it did happen." <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like you know, it's like it was like, "Oh my god, maybe it did actually." But I think it was the the, the first thing, and I, I remember it being around like that scream kind of period where scream was just maybe less terrifying somehow. Oh yeah, no, yeah. was kind of yeah, Blair Witch is scarier. Yeah, Blair Witch yeah. was terrifying, and um, um, Sixth Sense. Obviously, I could, uh, I will always remember that scene where the kid like turns around and his head is like blown up for some reason. Oh, That's man, yeah. something that terrified me as a kid. Because um, he's so calm, he's like, "Come and play" or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then he turns, you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> that was that was me. It was the woman me. in the kitchen when she's oh, when you yeah, think it's her mom, and she yeah. turns like, "Look what she made me do!" Yeah. And that like movie was so wrist. scary. It's uh, it's incredible, and um, and yeah, and I think like the one that really scared me as a younger, like maybe like like preteen or whatever, was absolutely The Ring. I yeah. think to this day, I don't think that there's a, a movie that has that heavy ambience like uh to this point where i don't that traumatized me like i removed i had a tv in my room when i came back from watching the movie i took it away and everything my parents thought i was crazy um to this day i i think about moments of this movie and i'm like this is absolute uh yeah terror you know isn't that wild that like movies like like the ring and blair witch like a lot of the scares there's nothing crazy necessarily yeah. going on. Like just the the tape in the ring, watching course, the weird right. stuff on the day. Di- that's scary as hell. Or right. or just watching the guy stand in a corner of a room, mm-hmm. something that, you know, you guys managed to create that same vibe in many moments of Two Witches. Just seeing someone standing in the corner becomes terrifying. That horse yeah. scene on the boat, on the ferry where jumps, she goes to, yeah. mm-hmm. that's just pure that's pure purely terrifying i don't know it's like it stayed with me for for a long time long long time i'm I'm really curious for you guys maxime and and uh pierre growing up in france when you guys started to watch these movies and you see you see you watch something like scream which references like last house on the left right from the 1970s and these movies went through the whole video nasties problem in the uk where they were banned Mm -hmm. like the exorcist was banned for like 40 years before anybody could watch it uncut yeah. Did any of that happen in France? No. no. In France is the opposite. <laughs> I like, didn't know. We were in we were in the Grimfest and they were talking about it and I was like, "What?" Like yeah. I, I had no idea that like it was so hard over there to mm. actually get your hands on these tapes, on yep. these like, you know, movies and 
yeah. I think it's kind of cool somehow because it gives people that desire to actually yeah, see it. Yeah, more than in France. Because in France, it's, it's very easy to access. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like sex scenes are everywhere. No one cares. You right. can be 12 years old and see like a very, I mean, fairly graphic sex scene. Yeah. Um, there's a few few horror films that are like six, like forbidden if you're under 16 years old. And that usually triggers my radar. I was like, oh, if it's like a 16 and plus... That means it's really good, but it's like, it's not the equivalent of rated R here. It would be way more than rated R. It would be like, uh, oh, this movie is going to really be, um, I, I don't know, like a movie like uh, Irreversible by Gaspar Noé, for example, mm -hmm. you know, like a movie with like very intense stuff. So whenever it's like 16 and plus, then we would obviously want to see that because we're a little crazy. But every other movie in any other country, it's like either rated R or in England, it's 18 and video nasty and no one should watch it. In France, it's like 12, 12, 12 years old. Yeah. You're 12 years old and you can watch it. No yeah. one cares. So no, no censorship whatsoever, honestly. Wow. But I think like also like growing up in France, like, and I think we can agree with this. We have a lot of people like now that they're seeing the movie, like talking about a lot of European influences and everything, like talking about Italian cinema and, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, which is definitely something that we enjoy, but at the same time, like we grew up in a uh, in a period where we got some pretty like awesome horror French mm -hmm. movies. Like uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar yeah. with Inside. Yes, yeah, the uh, French. Ex we call oh, it the French experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. from it, Julie, like uh, was it like Julian Bustillo and uh, Alexandre Alexand 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 Bustillo and Julian Mori? Yeah, who actually did the the Deep House, the Deep House, and a lot of movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, High Tension. That movie well, high tension is Alexandre Aja. This is yeah, like Alexandre one of my Aja, yeah, favorite. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. High tension, one hundred percent. Yeah, so also. we were in France, and we were like seeing the. I mean, in France, we don't have many horror films. Sadly, but it's the really ones hard. That we have, boy. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. the ones right. that make the cut usually they're pretty. Yeah. yeah. Like Martyrs. Martyrs is Martyrs. Like, oh, I was yeah. going yeah. to mention that. Martyrs yeah. is incredible. His follow-up incident in a ghost land is fantastic. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So good. Yeah. 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 And I'm really proud to say that I went to the same film school as... Oh, you did? did? Wow. As wow. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So. so, okay. You mentioned film school. So, Pierre, this is your first feature film. Yes. So, okay. So, <laughs> how long... Well, the time before, like graduating film school and working your way to what became Two Witches, when did the concept come up for you? Well, the concept was moving to America to make horror films because in France it's really hard. So that was the first thing. Second thing was to make a film before I turned 30, when I'm 31, but I finished it really. It was like 29, 30. Uh, so that was like the concept, the original concept was that, just that. So moving to LA, finding a way to make a horror film, and uh, yeah. Max, were you guys friends yeah. from film school, or how did no. you guys meet? We actually we, met in, in a club. A, in, a club <laughs> yeah, in LA. We've been in here. LA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been here for what, like now? Six years. Almost like six, seven almost years. Almost seven, seven years. Um, and we just met and hang out, and we like- I met you the f those first two weeks. I was in LA. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very early, and we just like uh, we connected over our love for just like cinema in general and movies, and you know, and I was into production. Like we've been talking a lot about. I mean, it started, but like, what what is the scariest movie you've seen? Like, and it's like, oh, you've seen that. Oh, I've seen that too. You know, like, and just like going like back and forth like that, and just Pierre had a, a, this crazy story that actually is illustrated in the in the movie of of a party, and I'll let you, Pierre, like take it take it on here. But uh, of this of this thing that happened happened in real life, and and just like when when he was like telling me that story, I was like, dude, this is great. Like, I love it. It's terrifying. 
and we started by kind of like the movie kind of started with that story somehow if you want to go with it yeah it's like the the ouija board uh the ouija board story um is actually i did a real ouija seance in france Oh, no. That ended. Uh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> People really do that. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's all. It's kind of a long story, but I'll try to make it short. But basically, I bought this Ouija board uh, on eBay that doesn't really look like anything. It's actually the Ouija board that we use in Two Witches. It's actually the real Ouija board that some weird shit happened with it. No way. So it, no. I can, more than well, I, I can give it to you here. if you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can give it to you if you want. Oh my God. I don't even know. <laughs> let's hear I mean, the story let's first. hear the story first. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. it was, so I was in France and, um, um, my friend one day she hit me up and she said that uh, she thought her apartment was haunted. And like the, the, the last, like the last story, uh, of like this Parisian apart, uh, apartment in Paris. Yeah. And, uh, and so I was like, oh, I just got this Ouija board, so let's bring the Ouija board. And in France, you know, we don't believe in any of that stuff, you know. Duh, so, worst idea in the world already, you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, didn't think, I didn't think like that. So I remember, I, I remember so clearly, so I took that Ouija board and I put it in my backpack and I was like in the train going to her place and I was like trying to look at the rules because there was like, I had the, this weird piece of paper that came with the Ouija board of like the rules and the rules were like pretty straightforward, but like the rules of the Ouija board, right? Don't ask for... Um, don't talk, don't ask for, uh, about anybody's death, uh, or like death of loved ones. Uh, don't drink or, or smoke weed when you do it, always be respectful, close the circle, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I was like learning all the rules by heart to just make an impression because sure. I, cause you know, I'm, I'm in France, we don't believe in any, you know, we're not really spiritual. So I was like, okay, obviously I'm bringing this Ouija board and nothing's going to happen. So I, I better, I better, you know, come up with some juicy stuff. <laughs> and so here I am. And, uh, and so my friend, she had invited a bunch of other friends. Um, one of them, she was like half Mexican. And when she, when she saw me get that Ouija board out of the back, but she was like, fuck no, what are you doing? <laughs> and, uh, and so I had brought little, like little candles too. Long story short, we started playing and there was like, um, a bunch of friends. Um, and the, we, the planchette eventually started moving, which was really satisfying for me because I was like really, um, really, you know, stressed out that it would not move. Yeah. But, you know, like everybody kind of like makes it move for some reason subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so there was my friend, Paul, who was like kind of drinking a little bit. So I was like teasing him, like, oh, you're not supposed to be drinking, you know. And he was like, oh, I'm, I have my girlfriend's party right after my birthday party um, right after. So I have to, you know, I have to do like pregame. <laughs> And, and he was like really in, into pre-gaming, um, but not really, not, but he was really not into the Ouija board. He was like, the, he didn't care. yeah, he was not spiritual at all. Anyways, and so this Ouija board, like in the movie, you see there's also the zodiac signs, right? There's a lot of extra signs. So it was really easy for me, like as the master of the seance to bullshit, you know, like to find things to say about the Ouija board. So I would ask of the spirit if, if, if the spirit was evil or not. And I was like, and it would say like, why, for example, why are you asking all that? What? And then quickly it started going towards my friend, Paul, he would go like to his Zodiac sign, for example, or to like his letter or or towards just like physically towards him. And so we would joke like, Oh, the spirit loves you, Paul, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, ah, yeah, whatever. And he would kept drinking a little bit. It was actually really entertaining. And then after a good hour, then Paul gets a call from his girlfriend that he needs to go to his birthday party. So he's like, okay guys, it was actually pretty fun. Uh, I'm out. So he leaves and we start, uh, we, we, so then we start like a new seance where, where we, we, we do that again with the rest of our friends and, um, and we still 
play and it's like really entertaining. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do that more often because it's pretty cool. Um, and then my other friend, Antoine, he leaves like a good hour later. Like, so that was like probably one o'clock in the morning. The nonstop Ouija marathon. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, it's pretty entertaining when you have like a lot of friends and you always have like things to say. Anyway, long story short, Antoine leaves and then 10 seconds later, he started knocking on the door like crazy, like, do, 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 like, open the door, guys, open the door. And we we're like, what's going on? So we thought it was a prank, obviously. We opened the door and then Antoine was like, there's Paul in the hallway. And we're like, what do you mean fall in the hallway? He left like an hour ago. And he's like, no, no, no. At the back of that creepy dark hallway, there's Paul standing. Yeah. What? And so we were like, what? And so we, 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 he had not turned the light on for some reason. And that, that's like in the movie, you know, when he went, yeah, when, I'm like, looking for the light or whatever. Looking for the light and you can't find it. So then obviously I found the light easily. So I turned the light on and I was like, and so then, then he was there. He was like, silent and really white as a sheet and so we took him we took him back and um and yeah and so he had a, a lot of missed calls from his girlfriend obviously like his girlfriend was like where the fuck are you it's my birthday and then she picked up again like she she called again and then i pick i pick his phone and, he, and she was like where the fuck is paul and i was like oh he's here it's like why how come he's here i was like i don't know we did a ouija seance and something like something <laughs> happened and she was like this is the dumbest excuse i've ever I've ever heard in my life <laughs> And yeah. And so, and anyway, and then, and then, and then Paul took the phone and he hung up and then he asked my other friend, can I crash on the couch? And she, and, and she said, I guess. And, um, and then I was like, okay. So it kind of like made like a weird, yeah. Cause we were pretty freaked out and he was like, not saying anything. Like he was just like wanting to go to bed and he was really white and not really responsive, like kind of like lethargic. Yeah. So then I go to pack my shit, right? The Ouija board and the candles. And then my, uh, the Mexican friend, she looks at the candles. She's like, fuck, look at Paul's candle. And Paul's candle was completely out. That's like true. That's a true story. And all of like my candle was like not even touched. Like, yeah. What? And his candle was like dead, like gone, consumed. And so oh that, my yeah. God. Kind of That's scary, amazing. huh? Yeah. Actually, I mean, the... I, I don't even think I did. I didn't want to co- copy completely the real story because I thought it was like a little, you know, a little maybe disrespectful in a way. I just wanted to change it. But it was what I experienced was way scarier than what ended up in, in the movie, in my opinion. Uh, wow. Yeah. Because well, it was real. Yeah. 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 No, but also <laughs> also the way the, the that corridor, because in the movie mm-hmm. we, we, we couldn't find... I mean, we would need like a Parisian apartment. And then yeah. at the end, there's like this kind of like spiral... Uh, stairs you know that like super super long so like he he wasn't then I, I asked him the next day I was like what the fuck happened Paul and he was like I will never touch that fucking thing ever again <laughs> and um, and and then and he said yeah it was like I don't know what the fuck happened at the end of that that corridor I look at I saw the like the stairs and I got I froze I don't know wow so was that the story that kicked the whole idea of two witches off for you as far as like a starting point to get it. Like, is that one Were you collecting moments from your life and from cinema, the scariest shit I've ever seen, the things that made me feel a certain yeah. way and compiling it all into kind of a greatest hits moment of all those things. Is that what we're seeing? <laughs> kind of that. Yeah. Cause I remember we were talking about that in the jacuzzi in my, uh, <laughs> in my, uh, in my apartment complex, like in 2000, probably 16, 16 yeah. I was telling the story and cause that story happened very uh not too long before i right before i left 
for America. So it yeah. was like really fresh in my memory. Um, so yeah. And then after that, there's a, a, in the movie, there's a lot of stories that are actually based off of real events in your life or things you've heard about or yeah. In my life or in my mom's life or in some friends lives. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What about when it comes to the lore of witches? Is any of that stuff based on any reality that you've experienced? Uh, so yeah, well actually my mom, she has, um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say all of the things I'm saying, by the way, but uh, I'm saying that I might, I might get a lawsuit for that. Uh, yeah, my mom, she had, for example, a, a Russian friend that uh, had a really creepy ass grandma, a grandma that used to call her slut and crazy shit. And, um, did she have cockroaches crawling? And she had co- no, no, no. She did. She did. She that, that's where it comes from. So one day, so and actually, we should do that for the sequel. Um, there was like a moment where she had. Um, the the grandmother said to to her sister not the not the, my mom's friend I think she said to her sister when I I'm a witch and when I die I'll, you'll get the powers wow yeah but it's, it's like it's it's weird because it's like in a context in France where no one believes in it so it's like even more off you know it's like yeah it's like uh, it's it, it's more like oh this woman this old w- Russian woman has like dementia she's talking nonsense but the creepy thing is. <clears throat> one day she so she would not you know she would she would refuse to be in a go in a hospice she would like be super dirty and she would have cockroaches in her bed at night she would like have, and she would not care and one day the i don't know if it's how it happened but the day she died my mom's friend found a cockroach in her own bed that day and so she saw the cockroach in her bed and she thought of her grandma she's like fuck something happened to grandma and then Grand the grandmother was dead. That's oh, fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how long did like your how long did it take to kind of just write the script from beginning to end of Two Witches? Then I don't know. Not not too long, honestly. I would say not too long. When because I, I had all those ideas and then I just needed to put them together. So I don't know, but not too long. I would say a month or something and was it a collaboration between you and max or were yeah, you guys yeah, just yeah. brainstorming back and forth yeah because then 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 i would i would put together the stuff that i wanted to tell in a horror film got that it. I w- would be really episodic sometimes and that's what i liked about it by the way like that kind of like a short story event that happening type of um type of thing and then and then max would be like oh yeah this and then max was like the one for example you were like oh let's let's throw some pregnancy in there also you know like let's <laughs> interesting yeah so- we spent pierre and i are like very like notorious for spending like three hours at the time on, on the, the phone, phone and fucking you know like just like bouncing off ideas and just trying to improve the stuff that we thought of like okay this could be better like oh yeah but you know like have you thought about this or, or that and oh we can't do this because we'd get you know like yeah. Uh, yeah, cancelled yeah. or something yeah. <laughs> yeah. like there's like all of that back and forth about like plenty of like wild ideas um, that's like you know like like was working like that during the, the creative process and then like even like up until the moments where like we were like we'd be like we've tried a lot of things like on the set also of like let's try this like that or like just you know like like go a little bit into that direction and see if it's better or not it was like a b testing a lot of things i feel like interesting and then when when did you decide did you decide right at the beginning to kind of separate it into two acts and an epilogue yeah well i because i had different i had different stories for like revolving around witchcraft and i think they belonged like each horrific event didn't like belong to different characters 
And then we were like, okay, so then there's, and I, I kept thinking about that, that, that Russian grandmother that says like, oh, I'm a witch and then I'm going to, you're going to inherit the, the powers, whether you like it or not. So it's always been like this dual thing. And then, you know, it's like independent cinema. So we can, we, I was like, I have creative control now. I might not have it forever. Sure. So I might as well just do whatever we want and keep it like kind of ground, grind housey. And, uh, you know, in, in a way no one can, can expect what, what to happen in like a, in a movie that doesn't follow a, a generic structure in a way. So we don't know what's going to happen. You know, I might kill this character or not this one, or this one might become something else. Um, yeah. Oh, we loved how it was separated like that. And now we want to yeah. hear from you, Rebecca. It's just reading the script and initially getting involved. What were the things about it that, that really excited you from what you read? Yeah, I'm, I've never played a witch <laughs> and I've never really been the true villain um, in, in a story. I, you know, I've played characters that maybe weren't the nicest of people, but I, I've never played someone that was so um, unhinged and uh, just really did whatever she wanted um, to get what she wanted. So that really appealed to me. Um, and so and then, um, you know, uh, Christina, who's in the film, she she reached out. And when I knew she was involved, I was like, OK, you know, this this is uh, going to be legit. And I and I watched Pierre's other other work, and um, you know, after I read the script, I was like, I'd love to do this. I'd love to explore this and and see um, what we could find. And I knew it was going to be a lot of fun. And I had no kind of no clue what was going to become <laughs> of it or what was going to become of of Masha or my performance. But just kind of went in, um, you know, having as much fun uh, with it as I could. Did you audition with a particular scene? Um, I didn't audition actually. Pierre uh, just watched my my reel and my material. Wow, and, that's great. Um, I guess yeah. he thought <laughs> somehow yeah. he thought I guess she can do this. What was yeah, it? That was right. What, was <laughs> what did you see in, in that reel that made you go, "Yep, this is this is Masha." Well, I love the um, the deceiving aspect that you could bring to the character. Uh, yeah, you know. We also bounced like back and forth saying like she's the next Carrie. Like, yeah, like it was like <laughs> yeah, she has that yeah. vibe, you know. Yeah. So yeah, the the. Um, and and your hair and you could look yeah you could look you could switch from being oh we want to take care of of her to like oh shit you know let's oh, yeah. <laughs> let's lock the door <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean that yeah you play that like it just a look on your face after that first scene in the bedroom where you get uh, hurt and uh your yeah. nose is bleeding and you have that like kind of rocking back and forth movement to that sinister smile like just yeah. in a flash and it's like oh my god it's chilling yeah, chilling no. to see that. <laughs> I wanted to ask about the physical side of Masha and the things that you're required to do, the contorting of your face, the the way you, your fingers, your m movements of your fingers, all that stuff is very it was really refreshing to see. And it, it was almost like watching an actor without a safety net at all. It felt incredibly just interesting and evocative to experience that character in that way. So tell us about developing her and her characteristics. Thank you so much, first of all. Um, yeah, Pierre worked with me a lot on, because um, I didn't really think about the faces um, before I got there because I, I didn't, I wanted it to feel um, not forced mm -hmm. and be like, oh, this is, you know, it has to be this. Um, but, you know, thought about different ways of things I could do. And then on set, Pierre and I worked um, together on on just, okay, pulse, do something and we'll see if it works, you know. Um, do okay try try this try more of this okay let's move your hair more you know just did different things as far as the face goes to figure out what would work on camera because 
I had no clue what it looked like yeah. when I was doing it. Um, I'm really uh, pleased with how he, because I really just had to trust him um, as far as what it looked. And sometimes he, you know, would show me the monitor afterwards. But so that was really fun. Was just to, because you know, how often do you get to do that? Where you get to just all of a sudden you're in a scene and you're talking, and then you just get to pull this like weird face, crazy face. <laughs> I love those surprises because I've never seen that. I've never seen that done before. Yeah. You, you do it a little bit in like you you start exploring that world in your short film. Yes, and that was the very first time I, I've seen anything like that. And then in Two Witches. It's a deep dive into that where it's yeah. part of the lore of the witches. It's part yeah. of the look. And it's not that like it doesn't look, it's not done with makeup. It's actually just contortion of the face in yeah. terrifying ways. It's it's such a cool idea. Where well, did you come up with that? Well, you, you know, there's there's like 200 muscles on someone's face, you know, like so a face is in, very complicated. And, sure. and I've always been I don't know. I've always been. um Maybe because of like the movies that scared me when I was a kid, but I've always been more scared of a face than a mask. Um, you know, like even in Friday the Thirteenth, I remember like in Part Three, and I said that movie is not scary. Let's face it. But in Part Three, I don't know if you remember then a moment where Jason doesn't have the mask, and when she at the very end, she she's on the little <clears throat> little boat in the lake, and yeah. she sees him at the at the window. He goes and he's like bloody, and he's like all deformed, and I was like. This is way scarier than when he has the hockey mask. Sure. When he has the hockey mask, he's like, cool, you know? Um, when he doesn't have the mask, fuck, I don't want to get chased by this guy. So, um, I don't know. I've, I've always been like that. And again, like with, with Tw Twin Peaks was was uh, something. Sure, yeah. And I thought, sense. yeah, maybe I pushed the envelope. I mean, some people say I pushed the envelope too much, but I was like, it, it, someone's got to do it, I guess. <laughs> someone's got to really be like, okay, let's focus on the faces. And by the way, I was watching the John Gacy tapes on netflix the other day and there was like this guy who's saying that um um he was uh he was uh kidnapped by john gacy or like he was like in the, in the house with him and in the middle of the night he woke up and he and john gacy was like sitting on the side of his bed and he just saw like with the light from the door lighting just the side of john gacy's face and he, and he said still to this day this is the scariest thing i've ever seen in my life is like some serial killer's face yeah. looking at, at, at the victim you know that's scarier than the mask itself. Yeah. You know, knowing what's what's behind the the killing. You know, what's the the idea behind the killing? And even like I remember, I did boxing a little bit in in high school, and I remember when when you put like the um, the thing in your mouth, and then you, yeah, you the put the gloves. Guard, yeah. yeah, you put the gloves, and then you just you're just fighting. And you're I was looking at my my <laughs> my guy, my friend's face, and I was like, dude, why are you looking at me? Like, he's like, why am I looking at you? How am I looking at you? I was like, I don't know. You're looking at me like you're gonna kill me. He's like, I don't even know, because, you know, it's like that violence, you know, how does it translate on someone's face? I think that's fascinating to me. And you don't really know what's going to come out. That was the fun thing. Yeah. Like, we didn't really know. The idea thing. is like the idea. And then we don't. Yeah. From the idea to what happens must like the muscular aspect of things because everybody's got different things going exactly. on in their face but it, right? yeah and it's it's surprising <laughs> so how do, the, how do those scenes work out because it, it, it seemed like it's a it's a it's a mix of uh, both practical and visual effects or like her eyes it's all like yeah eyes are yeah the eyes are visual was like nuance that'd be like choreographed specifically to a certain motion or look and movement mm, well we had well for um let's well let's say for example i have to say one thing for first like rebecca when 
the first scene we did was the sex scene, which is just kind of like the hard, one of the hardest sure. scenes. Like, welcome uh, to set. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to set. Get naked. Let's go. Uh, no, so it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was not the easiest scene to do, but I remember <clears throat> the, the the shot where you were like on top of me and I had the camera like this and, mm -hmm. and, and I, yeah, I just told you like, okay, so this is the first take. So let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see what you got. Let's see. And I didn't give too much direction and you did some really good faces. And then I, As soon as you, as soon as you did that, like in my mind, I was like, yes, yes, it's gonna work. <laughs> you know, it's gonna work because, like in the script, it was just saying like, oh, it was like really weird. It was like, oh, and then Masha um, makes a scary face or yeah. something like that. Mm -hmm. And and I had like another actor before you uh, that had read, um, and she was like, yeah, so what? So like, she pulls a scary face when she's about to orgasm. Like, what? What's that? And I was like, ah, it's hard for me to explain. Yeah, it's yeah. in there. I know it's gonna work, but she was like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And well, so I didn't want it to be like cheesy, you know, yeah. scary yeah. face. Right. Thing sure. But, but you got off. it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. And then I did like this kind of like camera shake. And anyway, and from that, so to answer your question, I feel like starting with that scene, we kind of quickly, very quickly, I think, figured out what kind of like stuff was working, at least for, for Masha. And uh, and then we roll with that, honestly. And, yeah. and we still have like different, I mean, you would have like different different things but um since we were on the same page i feel like uh it was actually a lot easier than i thought did you had already had you already filmed the stuff with the boogie woman yes first? Uh, some yeah most of the stuff yeah the boogie woman is my mom by the way are you serious <laughs> no <way. laughs> she's amazing oh that's funny the boo crew will be right back halloween comes early this year. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. Universal Pictures presents Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. The night no one comes home. Happy Halloween. Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. any of the lines improvised by any of the actors or did you guys stick to the script no a lot of improv yeah i would say improv or just like little tweaks yeah like yeah. we didn't necessarily improv in the moment mm -hmm. like we mm -hmm. you know we had line yeah. like we knew you know if we were going to change something we did it prior to like you know the only line i added in which i'm so glad you kept because i just thought it was fun was uh, when I met with uh, Rachel's colleague. Yeah, oh, at the office? Yeah, yeah. at the very Tell end, the I asked if you had, do you have any gum? That was not in the script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just felt like it was something she would say, like, because she's like, I'm going to be here a while, so yeah. let me make myself at home. Um, and also, I wanted to answer your, your other question really quick about the physical stuff. Yeah. Um, because, you, you know, you mentioned Carrie, and that was definitely, like, I wasn't trying to, by any means, um, copy any of their performances. Um, but as far as, like, just, the way that, you know, Sissy Spacek threw herself into the role. Like, I feel like just with, you know, reckless abandon, just like, and I wanted to be able to do that as much as possible. Um, and I feel like a lot of the the hand stuff you were talking about. That and, comes from you. Yeah, that was like, I felt like at the beginning, especially Masha has a lot of pent up um, frustration and and people don't notice her and they don't see her and they don't, they don't know what she's capable of. Yeah. She's just kind of tossed aside 
And a lot of that was like from just like needing to like come, you know, needing to burst out, but not being able to. And then, you know, as the film goes on, she and she gets her powers, <laughs> then she's able to like, you know, more come on, come into her own and like really, you know, own the badass uh, witch that she is, yeah. even if she's not the nicest person. But you feel that like <laughs> watching when you first come on, you can feel yeah. like something's going to explode and no, it just increases attention so cool that much. You notice that, so thank you. so <laughs> fun. And this is kind of like the story somehow of the whole movie. And I, I'll say even all the of the whole franchise. Because we, there's this feeling I feel at the end of the movie where like things are about to explode. And once we started making that movie, we knew that we were first going to make that that film alone. That we would not have much support. And the indie uh, vibe and the, the indie roots was like something that we kind of also like had to uh, follow. But at the end, embrace, embrace. Yeah, sorry. But at the end, like again. We love to say that Two Witches is actually an origin story um, where Masha just got powerful at the end and there's a much bigger uh, story that's happening after. And I feel like it's kind of like to the image of the evolution of her character through, throughout the movie. That's so. exciting. Yes. So is there, is there a whole concept? Do you guys already have the next movie flushed out? Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> it's written. It's Have ready. you shared it with Rebecca no, yet? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't gotten a re- I'm, I'm waiting. I'm oh, like, my God. <laughs> I wanted to mention the, I mean, Pierre, you were also the cinematographer on this thing. And it feels like every shot in this thing is meticulously thought out and designed to invoke very specific experiences and effects. I mean, as horror fans, we can tell, we can't, I mean, we can't tell you how much we felt those shots, every shot in our souls. There's had to be an exceptional amount of groundwork in your use of negative space in the cuts of Masha's visions and dreams and those insane visuals we see at like the speed of light that go by these montages of pure hell. How how do you kind of become the architect of of this experience to that degree of detail? He's crazy. <laughs> well, like, are you storyboarding you. all this these this little minutia? Uh, no, I don't storyboard. Actually, I storyboard. Uh, very f- few things if I really need to, if it involves like VFX or some stuff, but uh, I don't storyboard. No, I, um, I used to storyboard. I don't know. I, well, I have a lot of nightmares and sleep paralysis. So I think I love that kind of um, almost like uh, not really conscious state of fear. You know, when you're a little in a daze and you know, there's like, just like images that are, you know, that are just coming to you. I, that happened to happens to me sometimes when I fall asleep, you know, falling asleep and then <clears throat> a scary image comes to my mind and I'm like, Oh shit. Well, what was that? You know, I don't know. It happens to me. So yeah. And then, and then I like, well, I was influenced probably like with the ring and the, the, the mystery tape. I like just striking images that, they just say, they just tell you fear, but in a very primal level, you know? Got uh, it. Like even just have Very enigmatic. Yeah. Sure. Like the like the, the boogie woman just putting her arms off to her sides for a Exactly. Well, it was terrifying. Yeah. 
It's terrifying. Well, we don't know what the fuck that means. No, I don't it, even know what the see, fuck that, that means. See, that's what makes it. That's what makes it so scary. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 that Blair Witch ring kind exactly. of stuff we're talking well, about, where your imagination makes right. things yes. absolutely terrifying. Yes. So I I did my um what's it called? Uh, how do you call in co- uh, in college? At the end, you have to do um oh, what's the a thesis? Name? A thesis. Yeah. Yeah. I did a thesis uh, on a um, Japanese horror films. That was like my 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 thing, and it's kind of funny because. Not a lot of people, almost no one, sees the Japanese or Asian influence in Two Witches. Uh, a lot of people talk about like Europe and and the Jallo and it's Italy and stuff. But in my in my mind, there's a lot of like Japanese influence in, in sure. that. And uh, and that comes from there's like this dance in Japan that's called the buto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the buto is basically how can I make something look unnatural. And unnatural means it scares the the brain. That's yep. it. Yes. That's it. Yes, exactly. So, so doing this is not scary in itself, but if I do it when you're not expecting it, right. it's going to freak you out. And that's yeah. what this, that, you nailed it. That's what this movie does in every frame. It does something that you're not expecting, something very unsettling, unnatural, and it, it triggers something in your brain when you watch it. It really does. Oh, thank you. Like having, so the, like the moment in the bathroom where all of a sudden for a split second, the boogie woman shows up behind Masha for like a split second to mimic her chant. Mm-hmm. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> do you write that in the script? For a no. moment, this happens. No. When, when do you conceive of that? So that on the okay, day you want to know that? Um, yeah, on the day. Really? Completely. Like my like my mom was hanging out. <laughs> Poor mom. <laughs> my mom was hanging wow. out, and and uh, and I so I'm doing the shots, and I'm like, hey mom, I can you can you actually come in for this shot? And she was like, what do you want me to do? I was like, I don't know. I was like worried. I wanted to, that, that shot doesn't, in my mind, it doesn't come from like, oh, I need to spook you right now. Right now it was more like a narrative goal was like, oh, I need to show that duality of like the two witches they are together in yeah. a way. That's all. I was like, okay, so I have this idea. And then, and then my, honestly, kudos to my mom for, for then just like showing she up. She was and, fantastic. <laughs> so great. Kudos Holy to her for shit. everything. I've my. told Pierre many times, like, you should chill a little bit. Like your mom is not like 30 years old. Like, yeah, cause, <laughs> like this is going crazy. It's 2 a.m. You know, like where we, she needs to go home, you know what I, wow. yeah, I, I was actually, I was actually really de- demanding. Yeah. With my mom, crazy demanding. Yeah. She's Did awesome. She follow you out here. Or was she yeah. living? Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. I love oh, it. Oh, that's amazing. Is she is she Italian, she's amazing, by the way? So supportive. She, yeah, she's high Italian. What part of Italy was she from? You know, uh, Genova. Okay, because we had a uh, we had Floria Sigismundi here. Yes, and uh, we were chatting about uh, you know where she's from because my my dad is from the same village where she's from, mm. and she didn't know that supposedly the birthplace of witchcraft is from that place. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, in the sequel. And uh, I don't know if I told you that, Max, but I wrote, um, uh, I mean, from like, there's a lot of um, lore in like the chants of the witches. Are we going to Italy to film? Is that oh. what I mean? I mean, are we? Yeah. Maybe we might. There's a lot we of need cameos. Lines. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of lines that uh, come from like an like Ital- Italian like witch. Oh, oh um, in the chants that are in yeah. two oh, witches. Wow. Yeah. And, and not, not in, not in this one, in the sequel that I wrote. Be careful um, that we don't actually bring something with right, us. Exactly. Right, exactly. Hey, no, I I already used that that haunted Ouija board. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it actually was good luck, so you know what? Did, so what are the chant the chants in two witches? What are those based on or just made? Well, up? it's the, the it's I, I don't remember exactly, but it's 
it, I think there's like a, a, a region where it comes from like the walnut tree when witches would gather at night uh, under walnut trees and they would say things like uh, um, they would um, I think it was like Pagan. It was like yeah, pagan. Yeah, pagan. Um, it would be like goddess of the earth, goddess of the moon, goddess of this. Um, uh, um, I don't remember actually. I would have to. I wrote it in the script. I don't. I don't remember <laughs> now. But some some stuff that's creepy. Some stuff that's not too creepy. But um, definitely some Italian stuff. What about designing that shot? I mean, you're right near the beginning of the movie. I remember looking at Lauren, going, "Okay, this this movie is is amazing." Is just uh, when they pull over and she goes into that kind of roadside bathroom in the park and you set up this brilliant, yeah. tense scare sequence. But then the, the absolute scariest thing, though, is seeing the boogie woman way off in the distance. Oh, yeah. And she's just standing there. And it's just, I think for a second, the camera doesn't even go to her. It just shows that something's there. Mm-hmm. And it was so terrifying. Did again that was that something that was in your head going into this movie? These are some images I want to make sure I include, or was that something that was spur of the moment? Honestly, I was I was scouting locations when I did that shot. I was just like looking, okay, where am I gonna where am I gonna do something? And um I like the idea that I'm a close-up guy usually in terms of like cinematography. I like mm-hmm. close-ups because I'm I'm a director, but I'm also I'm a cinematographer, but I'm first a director, so I like the close-ups. I like being like really close to the actors and really intimate. But I know that sometimes a wide shot for a scare is scarier because yeah, yeah, you're not used to it. Right? Yeah, you're not used to it, and you kind of want to see the villain. Like what what's the, what's and you can't really tell. Right. So that's what's scary. It's like counterintuitive. Exactly. Right? Where was that, so, by the way? What? Where was that? Griffith uh, Park. Griffith Park. Yeah, I, I thought, thought so. so. I yeah. thought so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> just good, good old Griffith Park. Yeah. Was that like, uh, you know, uh, you guys just filming? Like, you didn't get permits or anything? Because uh, that well, place is known to kick you out of. We're not going to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been kicked out. So I, I know. Um, but yeah, the, 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 I was, I was scouting location with my mom and then I was like hey mom can you actually go over there and she was like where I, was like, I love how she was just there. like wearing that outfit too well, right <laughs> well I would tell her I was like okay we're gonna scout but because I know that some you know magic have you know luck like is you got, he got the coyote like that yeah, was, you, yeah. you get oh, that luck was, only if that you just look happened wow the coyote just chilled out what? there though. Yeah. yeah wow but you know the funny thing is the coyote so so I, I I do this this shot with my mom and well first there's the those kids that you know like but with their bicycles that go by and I was oh. like oh my god I get the kids yeah yeah um, and my mom like she, when I, I told her because I couldn't communicate you know I was like and you can't get your phone and I mean I don't even have reception in Griffith Park anyway she's just so way I, I just, off yeah I just told her I don't I I didn't tell her much I was like okay from the moment I don't you 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 start walking somewhere you get into the witch you're the witch. So then, and then I didn't say action. I didn't say anything. Then I just, sh- I just saw her. I was like, oh, she's, she's doing some weird shit over there. <laughs> I, I, need to, I need to get that as soon as possible. And as I got, as I got this, the kids like, and then I was like, okay, that's like when luck, you know, you, you, you just, you just hustle and you just work and then just luck then go comes after when, oh when you do things. Mm-hmm. And then I turn around and then there's this, this coyote that's chilling. And I was like, oh my God, this coyote is there. And so then I, I, I shoot the coyote a little bit and then the next day or maybe the day after then with Ian, I was like trying to come up with like a story with like, okay, uh, Ian, the the actor who plays Simon, I was like, okay, so 
I have this coyote shot, so I need you to pretend there's a coyote here, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, okay, I'll do that. And then the, the other day we do it. And then I was like, okay, so this is the coyote shot. And he's like, there's a coyote behind you. And I was like, oh shit. And the coyote, I mean, I don't know if it's the same coyote or not, but the coyote came back for the shot. <laughs> That's so then, insane. Yeah. <laughs> and then you did the vision through the, like the camera view of the coyote. Yeah. Well, too, that, that, was really yeah, cool. that, yeah, that was me. Yeah. That was me. Does the name Masha mean something special? I don't even know if that, I don't know. I might sound like an idiot. I don't know if it means something. I just, I just thought it was like a cool exotic name that's easy to say. And that is mysterious and yet kind of pretty. I think it's like a nice name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My eldest daughter was very angry that she was not named Masha. Remember? I remember that. She wanted to be named Masha. She wanted to be named Masha. I think it's a cool name. I think it's a badass name. I don't, I don't know how I got to Masha. Good question. Interesting. It sounds like Eastern European, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wondered if it had like a witchy meaning or something. When I started writing the role, it's just it, the Masha name just came so fast. I, I must have heard it from someone else, but I don't know. Hmm. And so was Christina involved? You said she was involved before you, Rebecca, mm-hmm. right? So pretty yes, early yeah. on in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Christina, I met Christina through my short. Uh, through the altar channel you yeah know, um yeah yeah and so we 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 met at this um at this event at like this filmmakers filmmakers event and uh and you know and so we exchanged shorts um she saw uh, she saw my short i saw her short and then and then we kept in contact pretty quickly i was like oh uh, your short was great um she had like edited and and shot her 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 short too and 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 then she saw my shorts. I was like, "Oh, your short is really cool too." And I was like, "Oh, well, you know, I have, I have another, I have something else that I'm doing." Um, and she was like, "She was like, maybe in this moment where she, she, she was, yeah, she was down to collaborate, and she had time." And I was like, "Okay, so let's let's try to do something, you know, as fast as possible." And um, and then and then I sent her the script and. And and it started like oh you know what 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 do you want to do on this and she was like oh you know I, I, maybe I can play maybe she thought first that she could play that she would play Masha mm, and then she was like oh I don't know and, and I said you know what you decide like uh, I just want you know let's let's uh, let's let's work together and then eventually she said oh you know what I have this I have this friend and her name is Rebecca I think she would do a good Masha so she was the one actually and kudos to her uh, to say like I think. Uh, Rebecca would do a good match, and then she showed me. I remember Perfect. that day I, when she sent me the anime. I was like, "I think you're right. I think that's. <laughs> I think that's the oh, the dance you. between you and Christina when the power yeah. goes out. And you mm. have that nice that conversation yeah. that is so unsettling. Can you talk about filming that scene and the kind of chemistry between you two? Yeah, Christina is so great. Um, I I met her uh, many many years ago. I auditioned for a film that she was a part of, and I, I didn't get cast. Um, but we stayed in contact, and um, you know so. You know, actors, if any actors are listening, you never know when someone is, you know, years later when someone's going to think of you. Um, But she's so great because she plays off so well what I give her. Like sometimes you watch horror movies and a character is weird and odd and no one is actually reacting to it. Like, you know, no one is actually reacting how you would to somebody that's saying really weird things. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But Christina does a really great at like. You know, just I, I obviously no one can see me doing it here, but, you know, just a, like, OK, like, you know, taking in what I'm giving her um, and 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 it 
that being the reality for her. Yeah, giving a know? genuine reaction. A genuine reaction, which then fueled me to like, okay, then my goal was like, how can I creep her out the most? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's that was fun. basically my objective during that whole <laughs> scene during the lightning was like, what can I do that, you know, will make her squirm in her seat the you know as much as possible. Um, so that was really fun. Um, was you know listening to that story that she tells and um, you know thinking about how Masha would react you know very differently than I would react to a story like that. Um, so that was really a really fun uh, scene to film with her because she was just really great at uh, playing back and forth. Yeah, and you're delivering like all these like veiled absurd <laughs> threats to her yeah. constantly back and forth. Was any of that stuff made up or was that all stuffed that in the script? script. No, that it's was really scripted. Yeah, and that was all scripted. Yeah. That part is one of the parts where Christina uh, rewrote her dialogue and Masha's dialogue um, to make it, um, I would say to make it even more of a less of a, the, you know, the, the the movie is like, it's like a witch movie. It's like, it's kind of like self-aware of its kind of B-movie aspect. Sure. And what I like about uh, Christina is that she adds this more serious drama yeah it um, grounds it all right exactly and it makes everything so much more believable because yeah. she's believable <laughs> and her acting in this is so um what's it called it, it's not over the top it's so precise and contained yeah you know yes but it's kind of like our avatar in the thing right, right? like that's my story or whatever she says yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. well, that's what we're saying like yeah. what the yeah. what yeah <laughs> and 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 that i think it helps the helps the movie tremendously in the in the tone it's like yeah. in the in the okay so whatever's going to happen it's going to the stakes are going to be bigger because we believe you know we believe this character and we believe that she exists and um and and the stories how she because first we, we we thought you know I, I when i had written the, the script about this i didn't know about the the character's ages or what they were actually doing and she was the one who angle it more towards like uh, yeah like a yeah i would say like a drama more of a, a drama or more of a, a movie that's uh yeah that's more like anchored in reality Mm-hmm. You know, so really make them the, the characters more um like they yeah like more meat yeah she's somewhat yeah. she's somewhat one of the only real character in the movie like it's like it's happening to her you know and yeah. like you relate to her because she's actually normal and reacting like a normal person would do to would, yeah. Masha's craziness so. it's, yeah it's a beautiful yin yang yeah that we that she helped create. Absolutely. Um, so we're not, you know, both playing the same thing. <laughs> and that's one of the things I loved about uh, your character, Rebecca, is how multiple times throughout the movie is the close-ups where you turn it on and off. You're like the master manipulator. Oh, and really <laughs> fast, like, too. You're like, you know, I want that apology, you know, whatever. And, you know, the next second she's like, oh, I'm going to fuck you up. Like, I'm going like, to kill you. Like, you, just, you turn it on. And it's like, oh, God, this is great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, comment more than like, the question. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. How long did it take to shoot this whole thing? It took a, a while because of COVID, I would say mainly. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, we got shut down. Yeah. But it was as an independent film, it was um it was still like a what's it called? A blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in a way. Because um even well, COVID made it things really complicated. Uh mm-hmm. Especially because then we were shooting with um, uh, Danielle Kennedy, who was, uh, who's, what, she's like 70, 75 or something like Older, that. Yeah. Um, and it was like a beginning of COVID and we didn't know there's no vaccine, there's no nothing. So I was really stressed out about that. Um, so 
yeah i don't know i don't i don't even know how uh how long it would because it, it was actually fairly stretched out from the moment COVID hit it was like kind of stressed out from because yeah because we we sh- we shot we started your, in December in December 2019 broke, uh, 2019 yes yeah broke for the holiday mm-hmm. and, and then, then when when were we done we were done in the summer remember when you, when yeah. when you kill um Danielle Kennedy it's like that was summer wasn't it I think that was June it was whenever production could come back huh but it still was like, it's not God it's not that bad for yeah. for something this ambitious right. and wild dude like yeah. really man oh well, Pierre is is so great because. You know, as an actor, we do a lot of waiting around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hurry up and wait. But when when we would get to set, you know, he already knew what he was going to do. There was no like, okay, how am I going to set the shot up? Like, how am I going to do the lights? Like, we didn't have a lot of waiting around. Um, he was he was ready to go. Yeah. And so that was um, I knew when I came that he would he would be prepared. Yeah. So it was easy easy to work. And Maxime, were you there every day on set? Yeah. I mean, not not necessarily every day. I missed some of the scenes, which actually I'm grateful for today because once we were in this period of editing, Pierre would kind of surprise me. Oh, with that's stuff. fun. Yeah. <laughs> so because yeah. you know, like the new eyes thing is super important. You lose so much distance once you're like you've seen everybody. You know what's happening and everything. And there's a few scenes in the movie where like Pierre was like. All right, just watch this and uh, put put a, a headset on and call me back, you know. And I would be like, "Oh my god, you got me!" The first jump scare of the movie with Belle and the Boogie Woman in the in the bathroom. Yes, I was yeah. not there. Amazingly so he crafted. Just literally got me, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, dude, this is scary." Yeah, like, like my heart like stopped. Like we're here, we got it. So, and at the same time, like we completely like. Uh, uh, auto produced the, the movie and finance it ourselves like I was also working to make some money to be sure. able to go and do it yeah so um, so yeah but um, but yeah no like mostly we were here like there's, there's a lot of things like I'm coming from advertising also yeah so it's like a lot of scenes like we wanted the movie to be beautiful and something like some people are like not happy with I feel like yeah like some people would reviews, like it to be uglier. dirtier yeah and, uh, and we were just like kind of like Pierre would like shoot something and be like Max come here like look like what do you think about this and everything and we're just always kind of trying to get something uh, beautiful because we didn't have a lot of uh, budget or production or trying to have the most production value as possible yeah and so like it's also like the close-ups kind of like come here also where okay we're close Pierre was doing an amazing job at lighting the scene and like just making sure that like it's going to look beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like even the, yeah, the, the lights out scene, the power out scene yeah. looked yeah. beautiful, like lit in by candlelight. A lot of yeah. scenes like Absolutely. that. Or the, uh, the lighter, the flicker of the lighter, like that, those scenes were amazing. Yeah. Because you, you kept looking in the dark space, you're like, something's going <laughs> to pop, I know it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's amazing for an actor to because for close-ups. Yeah, like right. that's that's an actor's dream is to have all those beautiful um, close-ups to be able to you know use. And so. then he like Pierre's always doing those like slow like gliding close-ups. <laughs> yeah, while people are talking. Yeah. It's so creepy. It's like what is he doing? He's zooming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm on this movie, I'm zooming <laughs> exactly. all the time. Exactly. <laughs> or even the, like the way that the light frames Sarah at the beginning in that bathroom oh, scare so, you're talking yeah. about, so right? Beautiful. She gets up. And One of just, my favorite shot of the movie. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's God, did, yeah. did you did you plan that? You must have planned. Oh this yeah, that, that that was planned. That was planned. Yeah, but you know what? No, well, um, we had um uh, for the the boogie woman appearing at the very top. That was like kind of like an idea that was like the last second idea. Also brilliant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was she like standing on a ladder or what? <laughs> she was she was on an apple box. Yeah, it was with um 
Dina, Dina Silveta, who also plays Melissa and who is also an associate producer on the movie, she um she was there. She was she was helping, and we were like, okay, so this because we had a bunch of takes that were scary, and we were like, okay, can we make it scarier? And um and then I think she joked, she was like, oh yeah, like uh, maybe we should get a basketball player to do that. You know, it would be scary if it was like super tall. I was like, hold on here, I got an apple box. You know? <laughs> I got my mom. And I got an apple box, mom. Yeah, I was go. like, mom, get on that apple box. She was like, <laughs> she was like full or or half. I was like, full, full, give me a full apple. I gotta say, your guys' intuition on that stuff is yeah. like shockingly. Like I can't even believe how. How freaking scary those yeah. decisions are, right? Yeah. It's it's not just that, but also think about this, the scenes where you invert the camera, where like oh yeah, where we see, like a ninety degree yeah, shot like, and it like, flips to the other like ninety watches degree. About the rage of the bathroom door, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. upside down. Yeah, and, oh yeah, like, that's a well, so that's a shining, subtle. shining, right? that's a shining. Uh, yeah. yeah, see, that's what, like you listening. This is what's embedded in this stuff, yeah. like all the greatest hits from all the movies you like. Yeah, that and the reasons that you don't know you like them, they're in this movie, right? They're in this movie. The <laughs> yeah. techniques are in this movie. Well, subconsciously, it's like you were saying, I just vo- I vomit horror films. That's why I like to keep it sometimes subconscious. If you do your homework and like you're you're um you want to make the horror film and you are like in the I would say in the zone. I don't know. It sounds like maybe silly, but um, any idea you have, the last second idea to me trumps every idea from prep. Mm. Wow, all the time. Mm. That's how I work. It might not be the case for everybody, but for me, like I, I maybe I, you know, I thought of a camera covers this way, and then I'm on the set and I'm having my camera, and I look like, oh shit, that's good, that's good. Okay, let's go with that. <sighs> and then everything I drew goes. That's why I, I used to to I used to storyboard. Now I was like, okay, fuck it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Just and I used gut. to say, I used to say, I don't know what I'm doing. Which usually people are like, what you don't know what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but that's the cool part. Yeah, that's <laughs> where the, yeah the play comes in. Yeah. Since you wear so many hats, is there a favorite hat that you wear? Is it directing? Is uh, directing, it yeah, I like yeah. directing the most. Um, even though a lot of people still see me as a camera person. I think, yeah, I think d- directing is more fun because it's more satisfying in the sense that it doesn't involve the, the the technical aspect. I mean, when you're a filmmaker, like if you, you know, if you if I have like the the nice camera, I have the nice production design, I have the nice camera setup, I know, I know I'm going to be happy with what I get. It's it's more of a, I can even prep and rehearsal. And, but with directing, it's always, there. I mean, for me at least, there's always something new. You know, there's always like the little spark that we're going to look for. It's like more interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more interactive, I would say. Between you and uh, Maxime, did, did, were there, was there were there times or things or scenes that you guys had to fight for? Like, did you guys not agree on certain things? And did we? I, think, I think we pretty much agreed on a lot of yeah, things. We're I, just like we're, we're each other's hype men, so like we're just like getting excited about <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I don't think we had a major disagreement. On no, that. we're just like kind of flying with everything. Um, well, it was great because when Max was there, if he would look. And you know when I was there, he would look in the camera and be like, "Oh, that's amazing! Oh, it looks so good!" And then it makes you as an actor like. But okay, I will, good. I will <laughs> say though, Max is the kind of guy he loves everything on set, and then in post he's like, "Oh, that's not that's oh, not right." Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "You said it was good on the set." He was like, "Yeah, but like," I was like, "Ah, yeah." <laughs> but we had, I mean, it was fun. Like the whole process, it was just like like us doing what we love, and like and like I guess like to some degree, like Pierre wearing so many hats is like um. First, a demonstration of incredible like like talent and strength here, 
But at the same time, we were fucking broke. Like, yeah. you know, like we could have done and probably achieved like some like different things as well, like going faster on some of the things. If if Pierre's attention was not like constantly taken by all of these different positions. But at the same time, I think it gives like some kind of control and like it really like allowed him to inject his uh, style as a, as a director in yeah. his first feature. So yeah, his voice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. couple questions just before we wrap up here. I know we've kept you forever, but this is a uh, uh, glorious for us. I, I wanted to ask Rebecca, the scene with the poor girl in the in the bathroom. We really <laughs> get to see you. Megan. Wow. We get to see you at your like uh, full Masha witchiest, craziest. The physicality is just on full force. Talk about filming that scene and allowing yourself to go to that place. Uh, yeah. Again, Megan was great. That's that's the the lovely thing about being the the villain and the wonderful casting you guys did was having actors that reacted. Like the way that they should, yeah, <laughs> you know that yeah. that you know that they would in real life. Um, so it was easy to then, um, look, you know, just look at her face and again try um, to you know cause the most pain I, I possibly could in that scene. Um, and and it was, I guess, it easy to play off her because she was she was in it too. You know, she was fully in it as well. So um, I don't know. I just I I trusted him a lot um, because. I, I was like, is this over the top? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I have no clue what I'm looking like. Um, so I could kind of just um, trust Pierre that sure. that it would work and that I, that it would look good, and um, just had you know had some fun. <laughs> what about the the scene that comes uh, shortly after that with uh, Tim Fox, mm-hmm. which it gets it gets intense, especially to what you're having to deal with in that yeah, scene. Tim is also wonderful. Um, everyone was so great and so made it so easy to to play off of um in a scene like that what is everyone's job the director and tim's job as well to increase the intensity of a moment but still allow you to feel safe right right uh we rehearsed yeah. We had we had rehearsals like blocking, um, blocking also, sure yeah, mostly blocking, blocking yeah for yeah, that blocking rehearsals um between the two of us um nothing we did in the movie was done just willy-nilly yeah everything was blocked mm-hmm. ahead of time you know we you know talked about the sex scene a bit like everything was was blocked and and so i knew exactly what was coming right um i never felt unsafe i never felt like i was gonna get hurt at any moment and and tim is as wonderful as an actor and also as a scene partner as, and as a person making sure that I felt good and that I was safe as well. And so then because it's, it's interesting because when you have structure, then you can feel free. Interesting. And you, and yeah. You think it would be the other sure. way. Well, it's right? a safety, you right. know, everything's gonna You know, going to be okay. You can kind of let yeah. yourself go. And then you can let go. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because a lot of people think it would be the other way. Like, Oh, and you just, you can just do and you can feel as you, as you wish, but there's always that thing that's going to come and be like, is this, is, am I going to get hurt? Is this safe? But when I knew exactly what he was going to do, then I could just let go. And, and be real and in be that free. moment. Yeah. That's so scary. And he, and he was so, you know, he was, and again, my objective was like, how can I piss him off the most? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he, you know, he was great at just being like at going forward as well. And so then it's just so easy to play off of. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim, Tim is like, he's so, so good at like just, putting on the angry energy and then he just takes it off in a second and then he turns back to being a teddy bear so honestly 90 percent of the time he's a teddy bear and then only when we shoot he gets into like what the fuck did you say oh yeah but then you know like he's not at all like that he's like so against his personality that um 
on set it doesn't actually look that intense when we do we it only looks intense like those you know like 20 second takes right that, um then when i put it together maybe it looks yeah more violent than it actually is so what did you guys keep from the production <laughs> <laughs> for you guys yes. well they want to give us that haunted Ouija do, yeah, board do you want the Ouija know, board <laughs> freaks me out the Ouija let's see Lauren standing in the hallway, in the hallway yeah. yeah with her eyes all white uh, we have Dina's whole like face prosthetic did we want to use that again maybe or mm, uh, I, I, Dina was phenomenal by the Dina's way Dina's amazing yeah. we, we, so she's we, great yeah. in the short too so yeah, yeah. We, so we need to give it more credit yeah she did also the makeup for when the when my mom dies when the, really yeah. she, she's a makeup artist wow She's everything. She, I, yeah, she's everything. She's she, everything. She helped me tremendously with the production design. Yeah. She's Is a, she a singer too? Yes. Is that her voice on the short yeah. singing? Oh, oh my wow. God. She sings like a Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Ian is the other actor who plays Simon, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Ian, and he, yeah, and in, yeah. the, in the short, again, creepy as i mean oh he's like the creepy it doesn't even feel like a, a performance it feels oh, yeah. like you some found people, this guy some people hate him oh I, they they hate him for how he acts well, <laughs> which is a good, well, good compliment he doesn't believe you know he doesn't believe sarah you know sure. so yeah. yeah they hate yeah, yeah. his character right. yeah and who's the woman who plays sarah uh bell bell, bell. She, she's she's amazing too yeah i'm like some of my favorite shots of the movie are, are with uh i mean of course with you uh, but like <laughs> you don't have also, to say that just because i'm also, here <laughs> <laughs> no no i do but like i like there there are there are shots like at the beginning the, oh yeah the first you know, half of the, the movie is brilliant incredible. oh it's, yeah so yeah it's she stunning beautiful she's and at the end at the, the post-credit scene also she gives us like yeah bell bell like, so has a, a whole arc that People will discover at some point, but there's a lot of characters that are coming back, and that you'd be like, "Oh my god, soon!" Oh, <laughs> very fun. Are you guys uh, Breaking Bad fans? Do you guys watch Breaking Bad? Of course, yes, yeah. Yes. Okay, so remember the ending? We get to, and then the, the the series ends, and we get to like, whatever happened to Huel? Remember, of you, he, remember he was told to stay in a hotel room. Absolutely. What happened to the gentleman that she? Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to what Charlie? Happened? Some he's people still that, He's yes. still in that bed. Right. He's <laughs> levitating. Still levitating. <laughs> <laughs> Having the time of his life, levitating. Yeah. Was, uh... And shout out to to him because watching him. I don't know how you guys did all that, but he uh, was you don't like, want to know. He, <laughs> on the day Definitely he don't. was like balancing on a. Apple box or something? Uh, I think it was on uh, my drum stool. On a drum really? Stool. Yeah, it was on my drum and stool. It was like it was incredible. It was actually very difficult. And I was he's a strong I'm guy. Not, I'm not gonna lie, I was like in the back of my mind, I was like, is is it really that hardy? Why is he struggling that much? Like, come on. And then I tried myself. Oh my god, and then it's I was on a like, bit. fuck, like, it's hard. Oh my god. Yeah. In festival the during the festival runs, yeah. people would lose their yeah. mind. Especially in the UK. People oh, yeah. would go crazy on that bar. Yeah. Wow. But again, it's a lot. it's kind of a last minute, I mean yeah. idea. And I will say, for example, you mentioned the the scene with Megan in the bathroom. Yes. I didn't. I I didn't quite know how that was going to translate again. And then with Dina, we were like, okay, so what makeup do we have? And and Dina was like, oh, we still have the teeth from that mannequin from the short. I was like, teeth. She's you're going to break the teeth, and that's it. And that's how it happened. It was not in the script. The teeth was not in the script. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so great. And we got to end with the score because Mm -hmm. that was the first thing we noticed when we started watching the movie. The score was like, okay, this is, it's on. As soon as we heard these like violin scrapes and the sound design and then uh, the great piano motif that comes in and out throughout the whole thing, all of that, who was responsible for it all? So our composer is Gio Aquino Marincola. He's actually Italian French. Yep. Um, And he's amazing. He's like, uh, fresh out of Berkeley and uh, music school and, um, 
he totally got the I mean there's there's a watch on Arrow there's like a little interview about the he will talk about it even better than I uh, that I will but he totally got the narrative um aspect of like witchcraft and the themes I love what he did with um Masha's theme uh he quickly you know like so, because we were like talking about like the conjuring, yeah, like uh, hereditary, like really screechy violins, and he totally got all of that. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, honestly, whenever he would, I had like a temporary score that I had you know done with like well temporary stuff, and then he would he would just get it and then just redo so much better. We had like a very easy collaboration with him. Yeah. Um, and just listening to the score and be like, dude, this sounds good. Like, it sounds yeah. like we remember me like, this is some conjuring shit right yeah. here. Like, this cinematic is like really, and yeah, massive. Very yeah. 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 Very then, creative too. And then the artwork, obviously we've got the poster up on a, on a lighted uh, board up in the, in the studio here. Phenomenal. I mean, artwork. Thank amazing you, you guys. Thank you, yeah. Did That's, you just, did you, was it, I mean, it's got that like eighties, like aesthetic of the illustrated posters that we all grew up yeah. with going to the movies. Yeah. yeah so for that, we, you know, Max and I were like big, um, you know, VHS, well, blockbuster, but in France, it was not yeah. called blockbuster, but we would, that's <laughs> how we grew up. Yeah. Video future in French, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would go and I would go to the horror section and I would just be so fascinated by all those very, you know, visual, like a uh, Jason goes to hell with that freaking thing that comes out of the silver hockey mask yeah. or and the fire in the back and the anything that... W- so I would not know anything about any movie. I would just look at the VHS and be like, I want I want this one. Mm-hmm. And so that was the idea. It would be like, okay, no one's going to know about this movie. We just want people to look at the visual and be like, I want that one. It's like, it's got yeah. a lot of saturated colors, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was, it was a big appro- approach for us. Again, like coming from, from like an advertising or, you know, like background, like we wanted to create a lot of content around the movie, uh, T- uh, obviously posters and we commissioned like some a bunch of amazing artists that did some some crazy stuff for us and then like also within like with the teasers like we shot a lot of like different teasers that are little easter eggs that give the audience background some of them are actually not released yet oh, we it's, have like it's, it's oh happening. it's so fun wow. yeah it's coming out like in the coming days actually yeah. to celebrate the release of the of the movie on VOD Apple TV and everything we have a couple teasers that I think you guys are gonna really really fuck with oh my <laughs> god I love all well, the nice. ones you've released so far are amazing yeah. mm-hmm. oh my god so okay so Streaming on Arrow right now, October 17th is when all this other stuff's going to happen. The Blu-ray, DVD, VOD, everything. VOD. Is, the 17th is the, is the next date that mm-hmm. everyone can, can be looking forward to. Yeah. Anything extra on the Blu-ray or DVD that you can't get on the on-demand video portion? Is there commentaries I, think the teasers, I think the teasers are not on Arrow. The teasers are not. Uh, so the teasers that we're going to drop are on the DVD. If okay. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, right? I don't know if I'm not mistaken. Or will the extras be on Apple? Uh, TV as well. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Any commentary? Like, did you guys do a yeah. director's yeah. commentary yeah. stuff? Oh, that's, that's on awesome. Arrow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't remember what I say though. So who's on the commentary? Uh, Rebecca? No, it's no. them too. Oh, it's yeah. them too. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. We have like there's a director's commentary and a producer. I think I commentary. said more interesting things on this podcast. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think people should listen. Well, we to are the so honored. <laughs> we, yeah, just listen to the Booker and watch Two Witches yeah. over yeah. and over again. You guys are amazing. Oh my oh. God, you guys are Thank insanely you. like I I can't wait to see what you all have in store next. I mean. 
mean, I can't even imagine what that would be. This is the first feature from this. I mean, guys, like you listening to this, if you've not seen this movie, you must and let us know what you think. I know you're going to absolutely love it. It's it's unlike anything you've ever seen before. Some of the scariest images that we've ever experienced. And and the acting from Rebecca is just like the next level. Like Masha will scare the living shit out of you forever. Seriously, it's like a a masterful performance. And Maxine and Pierre, this guy just did an amazing job putting this movie together. Like we are just, we bow to you guys. Genius, brilliant. Thanks guys, we love you. you. Thank you so much. All right guys, well bring us with you wherever you go next. We'll be right behind you, okay? Thank you so much. Seriously. Thank you guys. Thank you for having us. having us. (laughs) That was the Boo Crew Podcast episode 355. Special thanks to our guests, Pierre Cigarides, Rebecca Kennedy, and Maxime Ranson. At time of release, Two Witches is available now, streaming on Arrow Video, Blu-ray, DVD, and VOD. Production tracks for this one, as always, provided by the good folks at Power Man 5000. Till next time, this is Trev, and on behalf of myself, Lauren, and Leo, it's the Boo Crew saying, sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.